What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Dealer News Today. I am your host, Derek D., and I'll be here two times a month interviewing different people in the automotive industry, especially on the dealer side of things. So I guess for these episodes that I host, you could call it DNT with Derek D. Now, you may know me from the award-winning show Fast Lane Daily, or maybe you've seen me on TV, heard my voice in PetSmart commercials, I don't know. I've done a bunch of things, but this isn't the resume hour with Derek D. It's Dealer News today, and this is the very first episode with yours truly. So, I want to jump right into it. Our guest on the first episode, he is the Senior Director of New Car Solutions for Cox Automotive, and may I say... He has a pretty awesome last name. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Brian Finkelmeyer to the show. Derek, thanks so much for having me. I'm pretty sure I'm the only Finkelmeyer in the phone book. So if you need to get a hold of me, it's, it shouldn't take too much effort. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it, it's just fun to say Finkelmeyer. It's Brian a mouthful. Finkelmeyer. It's a mouthful. Yeah, it's, it's fun. I'm sure you get interesting calls from telemarketers when they try to pronounce it. You probably heard it all different kinds of ways. But anyway, let's start here. Let's go back to when you were in college. All right, Brian, back in the day, you were a senior in college. Where'd you go to school, by the way? I went to the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Nice. So you're there at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and at the time, you're just looking for a free trip to L.A., right? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, everyone wants to go to Los Angeles, and apparently back then, you never had seen the Pacific Ocean yet. How's my aim? No, it's the true story, Derek. I uh, (laughs) remember my senior year, about January, there was about 10 feet of snow on the ground. It was probably 10 below zero, and I... My college roommate got an interview with Nissan to go out to Los Angeles. I remember thinking to myself, I sure wish I'd signed up for that interview. Yeah. And as luck would have it, um, they came back on campus in the spring, and I signed up for the interview with really not much intention whatsoever of moving to Los Angeles to answer consumer affairs phone calls. (laughs) And uh, as it turned out, both me and my roommate got jobs with Nissan, and we both moved to Redondo Beach, California. And answer telephone calls for about 12, 18 months. And I look back, that was almost 25 years ago. And wow. um, it seems like yesterday. And it's just so fortunate that that I took that job interview because uh, I've grown to really love and enjoy every bit about the car business. And I would have never have imagined that at the time that I was going out there to interview for a consumer affairs job. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so because consumer affairs job at the time, like you said, it was just basically you're answering phones and talking to people. Not really something you were like, I really want to do. But you're like, hey, this is in Los Angeles. I get a free interview trip if I go out there, see the Pacific Ocean, see the sunny, beautiful palm trees and people out there. Yes. So yes. you moved out there and then you were with Nissan for a really long time. Right. Weren't you with them like 18 years or so? Yes, yeah, so I was there almost 18 years, um, which is not very common in today's day and age where people, you know, many people jump, jump jobs every 18 months. Uh, but it was a fantastic experience. It took me all over the country. I moved to Washington, D.C. I spent time in North Carolina, Atlanta. And then I ended up at our headquarters here in Nashville, Tennessee. And, uh, you know, nothing but fond memories of my time there at Nissan. And they, I would say they, whether they intended to or not, they gave me a a PhD in the car business and got exposed to so many different facets of the business that as it turned out, when I moved to Cox Automotive, uh, many of those same things and lessons and some of the tribal knowledge that I picked up along the way really has served me well at Cox. Um, as I now am involved in our incentives business, I'm involved in our, obviously our V Auto uh, new car inventory management business. And uh, it's just been such a Fantastic experience for me to, you know, leverage many of the things I picked up along the way and 
using that knowledge to sort of rethink how we do things and how we can try to help dealers improve their businesses moving forward. Absolutely. So it's safe to say, you know, like you said, you got a PhD in the automotive business. You've been in it a really long time. Fast forward to now, you are the senior director of new car solutions at Cox, Cox Automotive. And um, what exactly does that mean? Like if someone just a, a, someone on the street's like, what do you do? You know, if someone's listening who doesn't really isn't familiar. You know, it's a great question. And I will tell you, Derek, I do feel fortunate that many people wake up in the morning. They've got this very defined uh, set of tasks that they have to do. I guess going back to the office or that old movie pumping out their TPS reports. Oh, Luckily, yeah. Cox doesn't ask me to do too many TPS reports because I'm office not, space. Yeah, office space. Exactly. I'm not very good <laughs> at TPS reports. So uh, luckily for me, you know, I get to really think about, you know, how we position ourselves uh, in terms of evolving our product moving forward. We're spending a lot of time right now thinking about how we can help our dealers grow market share in their local markets. Uh, it seems to me that in the new car space, you know, they say the only business with lower margins than new car business is the grocery business. And I think a large part of that is that dealers in large metropolitan areas are competing not so much against the Chevy or the Ford dealer or the Chrysler dealer, but oftentimes they're competing against themselves, right? So Toyota dealers tend to compete against Toyota dealers and mm -hmm. Nissan dealers are competing against Nissan dealers. And ultimately, you know, we've been really thinking about how can we help our dealers have a competitive edge in that really fiercely competitive commoditized market of new cars? And how can we help dealers stand out online and we think, you know, it's largely about as simple as it may sound of really having the right inventory, having it priced correctly and having it marketed correctly. I think if you can do those three things well, you put yourself in pretty good position to be one of the top dealers in your market. Yeah, absolutely. So that kind of brings us to that article you wrote on the Cox Automotive Newsroom. I read it earlier. You know, 2020 is, is different, obviously, right? And you talked about how the incentives aren't as good or as high as they were in the past years, especially when it comes to year-end deals in December, right? So beyond the obvious effects of, you know, this jerk named COVID-19 who showed up, you know, back in February, March, whatever it was, and is just wreaking havoc, you know, is there any other ways that this year has been different for car dealers? Uh, but, but maybe besides COVID-19, because everyone knows that hit them hard. Yeah, so what I think is most remarkable about the entire pandemic and its impact on the car business is who in their right mind would have thought in March or April that this would actually serve to be one of the single greatest things that have ever happened to retail car dealers. Yeah. As crazy as that may sound. But I would argue in many respects, from a financial perspective, this has been the single best thing that's happened since since I've been in the business. Wow. And And the reason I can say that is from a couple of perspectives, one of which is, yes, you know, we did have a few months where obviously the country was more or less shut down April, parts of May, but this country has just come roaring back. And if you look at the retail sales that are being flown through car dealerships, last month sales are off maybe 3% from a year ago, which doesn't seem that bad to me, considering all the headwinds are out there. Absolutely. But what I think dealers are really enjoying is the fact that the industry has flipped almost overnight from a push to a pull scenario. And what I mean by that is many manufacturers were guilty of overproducing cars. And that sets forth all these bad behaviors of 
We got to jam cars on dealers. We have too much day supply. We have to put more incentives, more dealer stair-step programs, you know, throwing every tool in the book to try to account for this mistake that the OEMs made, which is building too many cars. Yeah. And so through those two months where the country was more or less shut down on production, the industry lost a million units. And so now instead of operating at 3.8 million cars on dealer lots, we're operating about 2.7, 2.8. And dealers are making bigger grosses and the inventory is being pulled off the shelf versus pushed off the shelf. And I just think it's ah. a better situation for everybody. And you look no further than the bottom line of car dealers, American car dealers made more money this year than any year that I've been on the car business. Wow. I mean, the return on net sales is almost double what it normally is, which is just, you know, I go back and I think about that week around March 15th when the world just started collapsing on us and the stock market dropped, you know, 12,000 points and we just, we didn't know what was going on. Yeah. I, I just think back to that moment and think, God, I can't believe that here we are in December and how healthy uh, the U.S. retail market really is. You know, it's interesting because there, there's there been so many companies, like obviously COVID-19 has taken a, a, a lot of people have taken a big hit, but it's crazy how some industries have done the complete opposite, have just yes. been booming. And it's interesting you say, you know, a push-pull thing. It's like, we got so many cars on the lot right now. We got to get these out of here. Now it's like, you know, the people are there wanting the cars. So there's incentives, of course, but the dealerships don't have to offer as many because, I mean, not like they were uh, giving away cars before with crazy incentives, but now with less inventory but still high demand, they're still making money even though they uh, didn't produce as many cars. Right. So the car manufacturers, if you look at it kind of on a year-over-year basis, incentives in December are down almost 10% from what they were a year ago, and that speaks exactly to what you're saying. There's less pressure to push out model year yeah. 2020s at the end of the year. And, you know, we just did some back and napkin math and, you know, there's about 650,000 less model year 20s than what we would have thought should be around in November and December. So that's just given dealers and OEMs alike, just more breathing room and they don't have to be as desperate, uh, you know, with, the, with those offers, as you mentioned, really almost trying to entice or beg people to come into the dealership. Right now we got a much better situation where, Consumers are coming in. And I think one other quick point I would make is like many Americans have been able to refinance their homes with these historic low interest rates, yeah. which has done two things, right? It's it's produced more monthly cash flow for people and it's reduced their monthly payment on their home, which is great. But I think that that has also fueled the car business because that extra money that I used to be given on my house payment now can justify me going out and buying that new Toyota Highlander that came out. And, and oh, by the way, my old car loan was at 4%. I can get a new car loan at 1.9. So it's almost like people are refinancing, not just their homes, but they're refinancing their cars. And then yeah. they get a new car along with a new car with it. I mean, it's like, this is a great deal for people. Yeah, you're right. Now that you say that, you got me thinking, I should probably refinance my car. Uh, yes. <laughs> thinking about that. And you kind of asked, I was going to ask a question about that. You kind of answered it because, uh, you know, the historically low rates right now because of policies within in the Fed and which is a great incentive to get out there and buy a car. And you kind of just explained how that's playing out in the market, um, which is which is great. Yeah, I think I, I probably should do that. Uh, let me ask you another question. Um, so we, we talked about inventory supplies. They're a big factor. So what production trends uh, do you think will affect supply through the end of this year and into 2021? 
Yeah, so I think that's one of the big looming questions is to see, you know, how many of these car companies have found religion with this new environment where we don't have too many cars. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, I, I don't know. I, I My suspicion, my suspicion is that it'll be a mixed bag that I, I think companies, for example, like General Motors, um, I think that they're going to be very judicious and maintaining a very tight inventory and, and keeping incentives in check and trying to pull through inventory as much as possible mm -hmm. um, where other brands are going to have trouble with that because you know, the way that car companies make money is by wholesaling cars to dealers. And so there's going to be uh, obviously financial pressure to try yeah. to keep pushing things out. So I, I think it remains to be seen, but if I, I was a betting man, my sense is that dealers and OEMs alike are saying this new environment is better. It's easier. Like our margins are better. We, we, um, we don't have all the stress associated with overproduction. And if I was a bet man, I think that we're going to probably see a bit of a new norm that, that COVID who would have thought taught us all a very big lesson about a better way, a more efficient way to run the car business in the U S. Yeah. That's interesting. Probably. And not just in the car business, a lot of businesses too. And, uh, it's a, it's, it's pretty interesting how that dynamic works. Like something that terrible like this came in but it allows you to look at things in a different way and that goes for many businesses um well you're a pro when it comes to incentives and rebates obviously we know that do you think a lot of car companies are giving similar incentives like the same ones are we seeing like big differences in the approach because of the pandemic like more clever ways to uh to offer deals i guess you could say like maybe toyota does it this way but wow honda's doing it this way and geez you should see what bmw is doing like is there any like really cool thing you've seen that's really different between. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, companies? I haven't seen that much in the way of like really innovative ideas around the incentive piece. But I think what's interesting to me is that, you know, we're in this situation where, you know, we've had a significant uptick in unemployment. We've obviously got a lot of economic pain in this country. And so what's interesting is that the segments of the new car business that provide the most affordable vehicles compact sedans, small compact SUVs are actually the vehicles in the highest amount of supply. They're readily available. Mm. But the most expensive vehicles, the $50,000, $60,000 SUVs and the, you know, the, the F-150s and the Ram trucks and the more expensive stuff, you can barely get your hands on. And so there's just another sort of crazy mm. uh, byproduct of this pandemic is the average transaction price is almost up to $40,000. Wow. I mean, I remember, you know, when I started a $40,000 car was a luxury car. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, only wealthy people are spending $40,000 on a car. And now that's just become the new norm in America. That's the average is almost 40 grand. And, and the inexpensive fuel efficient cars are piling up. So it just, it has just been a remarkable year in so many ways. And it's, it's, it's interesting to see that dichotomy, like how that, that is like the fact that the average is around $40,000 is, it's kind of crazy. Cause that is, that's still, that's still expensive for, that's still expensive for a car. You could get a lot of really high end stuff for $40,000 in the automotive world. Um, what do you think is the best incentive or deal you know of that's out there right now? Is there something you know of in particular, like this is something we haven't seen because of the pandemic. You might want to go check this out. Yeah. So I, I don't know that I have like any, uh, 
great, you know, hey, go out and drop everything you're doing because this is the screaming Black Friday deal at Walmart. Like, I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. think I've got that, uh, you know, an iPhone for $199. I don't know what that deal is necessarily. But I will say just in looking at it from a high level, what I, I did find interesting, and you touched on this a bit earlier, was that many of the car companies uh, you would typically see in months like December were across the board you would see a, a increase in incentives as, right. as whether it's Chevy or Ford or Toyota, whoever is saying, we got to blow out these remaining model year 20 cars, make room for the new model year 21s. Obviously the week of Christmas is like the biggest retail week of the year. And that's sort of this opportunity one last push to get rid of our remaining model year 20s. And so this year has been really unique in that it's not normal. I mean, it's kind of all over the board. It's on a case by case basis, but the one brand that I could tell was really leaning in and trying to take advantage of this moment to gain market share was Lexus and both Toyota and Lexus are actually both doing really, really well. Well, same company basically. Yeah. And so it was interesting to me that Toyota has moved into the number two slot in the luxury uh, realm this year. And besides Tesla, nobody has gained more market share than Lexus. Mm. And it was interesting to see that that that's not that that's all totally organic. Like they are definitely increasing their incentives from a year ago, but it looked to me like Lexus was making a strategic decision to say, Hey, let's take advantage of this moment in time to gain more share. And, you know, I think car companies realize that there's all these um, benefits down the road of having a larger owner base. It's more people coming in for your service it's more lease turn-ins in the future it almost sets you up for future growth and it looked to me as though lexus was absolutely doing that wow yeah that's 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 interesting i was just wondering if there was like some something you heard or know of that was like significant but it seems like it seemed like there there still is you know actually i I lied i lied there there (laughs) is actually a deal this guy told me about the other day it's crazy i lied what is it i think you can get like a camaro right now it's a Camaro. I think you can lease it for like two ninety nine a month with no money down or something wow. ridiculous wow. like that. So one of the guys that I work with in Ohio was telling me that he was debating. I was like, gosh, for two ninety nine a month, no money down. I think I might go get a Camaro. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, sure. Why not? Right. I've always really liked the Camaro, actually. And I think it's only gotten better looking. It's a solid muscle car uh, with a lot of curb appeal and power, you know, depending on which one you get. So for two ninety nine a month with no money down, I'd say that's a pretty awesome deal. Uh, just one or two more questions, though. If uh, if you were a franchise dealership, what would you bet on the next couple of weeks of 2020? Well, I, I think that w- just in Cox Automotive, we can tell that retail is tracking about where it normally does in mm-hmm. December. We haven't seen any big drop off. It is, you know, just another crazy perspective is the COVID cases obviously in this country continue to rise and hospitalizations are through over hundred thousand. And we've got all this negative headwind around COVID, obviously the hope of the vaccine being right around the corner, but I think we're going to have some tough innings between now and getting the vaccine, but that has seen from my vantage point, there's been like no impact, even as some cities have begun bringing back, you know, different levels of lockdown and different government intervention to try to slow the spread has really had to what I can tell no real discernible impact or no negative impact on, on the car business. So um, it has just been a remarkable year that I think, you know, many car dealers are going to look back on 2020 and say that was one of the best years we've ever had in the car business. Yeah. It's interesting. It's quite, it's, it's very interesting how, 
uh, you know, through all this the COVID and the pandemic that the car industry has seen a, a you know, has either stayed solid or gotten better. And uh, that's a, that's a, you know, I guess a testament to also the fact that they didn't make as many cars. It's that push pull thing, like you said, and it's, uh, it's, 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 it's kind of uh, uh, unbelievable. Quite frankly, it's like you would have thought back there, like everything is just going to tank, but things have gotten a lot better. Uh, before we go, I want to ask you a question. What kind of car do you drive? What, what car do you currently drive? That's a good question. So I actually, I, I was uh, part of the Americans who were helped propping up the economy this summer. My lease was due. And so I was ready for a new car. And I actually did get a 2020 uh, BMW 3 Series. So oh, very nice. I, I hope I don't offend any of my former colleagues over at Nissan, but uh no, it's a it's been a great car. I've enjoyed driving it, and uh, part of me wishes I might have gotten more miles per year because uh, yeah, I used to park my car at the airport a lot, mm-hmm. and now I just drive all over town, taking my kids all over the place. So I, I hope I have uh, that huge uh, over mileage bill when I'm turning this car <laughs> in three years from now. Yeah, and, and another question. It's a random. What sports car out there right now do you think is the best value for what you're getting? You know, if I... Uh, was in the market to go get a new sports car. I think the new uh, Corvette ah, is one yes. of the best looking cars. That's what I was I, looking I for. Say, Absolutely. Yes. I don't know if you can see that. That is a fantastic looking car. And there's a part of me, it's like, I, I got to get that car. It looks, it, it is just, it's like maybe the best Corvette they've ever designed. It right. really is. I am so glad you said that because that is ex- the exact, that's the right answer. That's the, that's a mid engine. That's why it, you had me on the show. It's so perfectly. Yeah, I do. It's so perfectly made and I'm not, and I'm not plugging Chevy or anything. Actually. I mean, I know people listening to this, you can't really see the video, but see out on the back of my tree back there, Brian. I it's made, a Corvette on, uh, instead of an Angel. That's a new C8 Corvette. I, I I made my own topper of my tree. I put LED lights around it. It's it's the exact C8 Corvette that I want. Black with uh, the red interior, uh, with the Z, uh, with the Z51 package. Um, but yeah, I just I just was curious because it's so true, and I'm so glad you answered that. And that's well, the right know, answer. Derek, <laughs> I want to extend a warm invitation. You have to come visit me in Nashville someday, and we can drive up to the Corvette plant in Bowling Green together and go check it out. Oh, absolutely. Well, when I go when I go buy one, we're going to shoot an episode there of whatever show I'm hosting at the time of that exact thing happening. Because I did do that in the past at uh, the Wilmington, Wilmington, Delaware assembly plant with the uh, Pontiac Solstice hardtop coupe. I drove it off the assembly line. My VIN number was two. And that's a whole that's, awesome. that's a whole other thing. But yeah, I want to do that with my my Corvette. And yes, that's at the top of my tree as well. Brian Finkelmeyer, one of the coolest last names there is. Thank you so much for coming on Dealer News today, man, and filling us in on uh, you know, all the rebate and incentive info and how it's more of a pull than a push. And you know, if you're in the market for a new car, go out there and get one. Well, Derek, have a great rest of your day and uh happy holidays and, and best of luck to you in the new year. Thanks, Brian, and uh Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and best of luck to you in the new year as well. I think we all could uh, use it but thanks for listening to this very first episode with me on dealer news today or dnt with Derek d i guess i should say make sure you follow dealer news today on social media at dealer news today on instagram and if you have no clue who i am feel free to head to DerekD.com. bye everybody